for his love of Cocoa Puffs as a kid. Puff. Cameron Johnson's younger brother. I love Puff. The dragon? Or oh, just puff, the act fluff. of puffing? Puffing, fluffing. I love it all. So I uh, got myself a little injury yesterday. Better um, not be knee-related. It's not knee-related. Um, was with the uh, little knowledge factory. I uh, cracked my – see if I can actually show you this. It's going to be difficult. Oh, I don't like where this is going. He's pulling his pants down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I can parse my hair where it's at. Oh, yeah, there it is. Your pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I was walking rusty, and then I was asked to check the mail. Let's see. Uh, uh, it's not going to show up. I'm, and you I'm sliced really, your head in some way? I, I picked up a package that was arrived, and then Rusty was kind of – so I tried to pull his leash – with one hand and then like the resistance, I thought my head was clear of the mailbox and I like smacked it on the bottom. And I was like, that really hurt. Um, <laughs> and I was walking the apartment. I was like, man, I've not had my head that long in a while. I was like, I should, I should have probably drawn blood from that. And then I went to like touch my head and looked and there was <laughs> like dripping in blood, not dripping, but like I have a open wound on my head. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So that's. <clears throat> so you came inside and the, your your roommate thought that you had gotten mugged while taking your dog for a walk. Well, I was, yeah, I was in the bath. I was like, oh, fuck, what happened? I was like, ah. <laughs> Cracked my head open on a mailbox. But no concussion symptoms. Not, You're doing in, the all concussion right. not in the concussion protocol. We're, we're good to go to record the pod. Okay. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, but I'll say this, cracking your head and then trying to shower is awful. Like, I didn't shower that night. I got some medical attention to make sure I didn't need stitches. or it's, It wasn't even – I didn't think I was in that jeopardy. But this oh, morning – A little, little to, cut on your head is going to bleed like crazy too. Yeah. Probably, so it probably seemed worse than it was. But this morning trying to uh, shower and, like, t- I was like, uh and, like – putting product in my hair i was like this is uncomfortable so you are still putting product in your hair even though you're working from home yeah though i gotta look good on these zoom meetings I see have. i'm trying to do that too but you can get i think you can get away with a little bit more being at home uh although your lighting we've talked about this before your lighting is so good that yeah. I mean, you there, like you can pretty much see every individual hair on your head. Mine's a little bit blurrier. I don't have to worry about being quite as put together as you. I don't think kudos to you for going the extra mile showering while having any sort of injury is not great. Like low key. If you all of a sudden don't, you're not, you can't use a hand because you broke a finger or you can't use an arm because you broke your arm showering difficult when i, I mean, broke my i one summer when i was in in high school broke my collarbone trying to shower with one arm not easy how how you getting soap out of the bottle 
I mean, logistically quite difficult. Having showered post ACL surgery, um, in a stand, like you, I mean, you saw my old apartment with the shower I had there, like having to sit and like basically having the, uh, the amount of space to literally keep my legs straight while sitting and doing operating under that function was a small miracle. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. That would have been tough. It was yeah, that's not good. But yeah, it was, uh, not something I'd recommend on my worst enemy. Um, if I had like a huge shower though, it'd be cool. But like that, that specific shower had not been a factor I had um, considered prior to that procedure. Okay. Yeah, that's tough, man. On a brighter note, we are two weeks away from NBA basketball resuming, which is crazy to think about. We had a decent amount of NBA news trickle through the last week since we last put out a pod. And the first thing we got to start about, uh, something that we've talked about a little bit prior to it actually happening, <laughs> is I love this podcast because if anything it has always without a doubt allowed me to say something definitively and with a rational confidence and then hours after within 24 hours of the podcast being released news coming out that i'm immediately wrong about it what have you pr- predicted about russ i said that he wasn't gonna get traded until harden got traded yeah that's right okay well yeah, that's got- how wrong it was he got traded earlier than that uh, Russ's now wizard, John Wall to the Rockets. The Rockets also got a first round pick that is heavily protected for years to come and likely isn't, is going to end up being a late, late first rounder or not conveyed for who knows, half a decade, a decade. But yeah. Could um, be two, probably be two seconds, maybe. I, I was pretty, you, you and I were on a group chat with, with our with a buddy and I was immediately my immediate reaction was this is a huge win for the Wizards um I just think that three years left of, of Russ versus what you what you could potentially get from John Wall I'm I am intrigued to see what the Wizards do with Russ as their primary guy along with Brad Beal and I think I think that team could be, you know, a mid. I don't think they're going to be like the one seed in the East by any means, but I could, I see that be like the six seed and a little competitive. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that they're, their ceiling is significantly higher now than it was prior to the trade and the Rockets. Uh, I, I, it made less and less sense to me, the more protections I saw on that pick. <laughs> I mean, I think the main thing is that you, yeah, get a younger John Wall, depending on how he recovers. He is a name and would be willing to be there. And John Wall didn't want to be like <clears throat> if anything, it was just two 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 teams solving a problem of having a guy that didn't want to be on their team and doing a little doing a little swap there and just both new places happier faces sort of thing but yeah curious to think if, if there was literally anyone else in the market no i mean for- that having said that i didn't think like had i really added the, I, which i did sort of mention was like 
the 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 quick move action, like the marketplace to move a Russ, there was maybe one of four contracts that they could have actually traded him for um, without a lot of work needing to be done with that. And uh, the John Wall, John Wall was like one of those four contracts. Um, sort of like you, I don't hate it for the Wizards just from a standpoint of not the unknown of how John Wall is going to come back from that injury. If Bradley Beal is really your guy, uh, the one piece is just, it's not a criticism of Russ, but it is sort of one of those things with him that as he moves into this stage of his career, and I think his style of play really wasn't going to be able to conform to play with uh, James Harden just from the ball dominance that they're giving him on the Rockets. Going with Bradley Beal, though, like where does Russ really modify himself to fit in as being a, a, a tier two guy, uh, not tier, but on that team, he's, he's never going to be the primary go-to guy. And although he's like super effective. And, and I think like from a standpoint of when Bradley Beal's not on the court, that's, that's great. Like you can always have Bradley Beal or Russ on the, the court at all times. And in the Eastern Conference, you're going to, in the regular season, win 45, 50 games. And like you said, probably set yourself up to be a six seed and then most likely lose in the first round. But for the Wizards, that's an upgrade versus being like a 30-win disinteresting team. And Russ is a star. I mean, he's a huge name in the league. So these for Wizards fans, like that's something to get excited about and enjoy. Um but beyond just kind of swapping some stuff out and having new, new stuff, I, I don't know what it really does. And I'm, I, I guess with some of the younger guys that the Wizards have on that team, is Russ going to be able to help those dudes as well along the way? Or is, is their development going to be, be be deterred in a certain way because? of the touches that just Russell Westbrook being Russell Westbrook commands from my standpoint, like I always, I thought like the Orlando fit would have been like a perfect thing for Russ in his stage of like, he can sort of be the alpha, but then there's enough. The talent below him is enough to like make a competitive team out of it. And everyone, no one could argue that uh, Orlando could use a star. I, I don't disagree with that. And I would have been intrigued to see how that would have worked out in Orlando, but you know, we're, we're looking at two guys that last season, here are your usage rate leaders in the NBA. Giannis of one followed by Luca, James Harden, Trey young at five and six, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. So you're going to see a very, very similar dynamic barring some yeah catastrophic change but a very similar dynamic between brad beal and russell westbrook that you saw with james harden and russell westbrook now granted last season brad beal had to be more ball dominant than i think he normally would be given that there are no other creators for this team i mean ish smith is the closest that you can find on this roster as another creator you have a lot of shooters my guy yes you have a lot of shooters and Bertans who they re-signed to a fat contract. Um, 
you have uh, decent bigs um, and Thomas Bryant that actually hit offensively. I, I think he's pretty fun and it's really, he's a guy where I was just like dead wrong. I think he was going to be out of the NBA in a couple of years. And, Thomas Bryant? Yeah. He's carved no, he, the wizards <laughs> argue otherwise considering every center they talked to, they told them that Thomas Bryant was, <laughs> was their day one starting center this year. He's going to be. I mean, it's well, him or Robin Lopez. Yeah, but I he he doesn't really provide any defensive upside, and is not a great rebounder or rim protector. But he is a, a spacer. So the Wizards are going to score so much. I mean, they are going to be a version of like they were last season uh, to an even further degree. I think. But the, the good news is that at least you have two ball handlers that can really that can really initiate their offense and create yeah. versus only being reliant on Bradley Beal last year. And for that reason, I mean, Russell Westbrook, is he going to be this version in a couple of years? Who knows? And he has been injury prone. But if you get the Russell Westbrook that we saw towards the second half of the Houston Rockets season that – had better shot selection that crashed the shit out of the boards. Um, they could be good and they could be fun well, to watch too. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say this, like Russ had a great season last year. I think for the situation he was in, seeing my expectations for what he was really going to be on that team. And it's, it's not like, I think James Harden compared to Bradley Beal, like James Harden commands, the amount of touches and like James Harden just being the ball dominant player he is. Granted, is it, and this is probably, we were going to transition into this here. Um, but on the scale, like James Harden is probably one of the best case scenarios for having the ball run through him as much as he does. Putting Bradley Beal in a James Harden role, which he was somewhat in last year with the Wizards, like, that's not the kind of role I'd want for Bradley Beal. He's he's for sure a guy I have 100% confidence getting his own shot, but as far as involving teammates and, and elevating teammates, that's just not – he's not great at that. And so if Russ can come in and help be a distributor in that way, even if it is just kind of being greedy with wanting to assist numbers, like – I, th- I could see that scenario really working for them and just his intensity and competitiveness, I think is something that injected in the, in the uh, wizards is going to be welcomed because they, I can't point to a guy and that's no disrespect to Bradley Beal or John wall, but I don't view either of those guys as a cutthroat competitor like Russ and that's cliche. And there's like a lot of, of stuff around that, but, in some regards with the, with with these NBA teams, like that does matter to just have that dude that is uh, absolute badass and wants to win and like losing a game to Charlotte is just not going to be acceptable when you're with Russ versus John Wall and Bradley Beal. In my opinion, at least like as long as they got theirs, if they lost by 10 points to the Magic or Charlotte or – whomever insert 
random team there that they classic five o'clock showdown <laughs> exactly Charlotte yeah. versus washington i yeah. mean yeah if you you know go to ot with the Cavs, like that's not gonna fly with russ i think that is something that's been good especially for some of those younger dudes uh that the wizard are trying to build around but i think we've talked enough about russ i think we really gotta get to this this james harden thing because well before we jump to harden i do like a real quick thing on wall and you you tweeted oh. this and we do have to acknowledge like i'm, I'm downplaying this a little bit but the really? yeah that is fun finally we're happened. Exci- we're excited to see it we're finally seeing happened. a a slightly more decrepit is a little bit strong but i can't think of a better I think decrepit word might be the best word to, that's a very good word choice it mind. is a decrepit version of what we would of what we've seen at kentucky what we would have liked to see in their in their healthy primes respectively but Nonetheless, we do get to see the redemption tour version of these two. And I don't know. I mean, if I'm rooting for Harden to get traded because it's, it's fun and it would be, I'm curious to see where he ends up, but what, like if we see a team that is built like a a starting lineup of John, like we don't know who, who, Harden would be going to so I'm assuming they would get a player back that would be included in the starting lineup but like if we just look at their current roster if we have a starting lineup of John Wall Eric Gordon Daniel House PJ Tucker and DeMarcus Cousins 2011 would would be having some real fire articles written about that no probably 2014 I'm sorry it's weird 2014 would love that team not it's weird, but but I think I think if you pulled, I think if you pulled NBA fans that watch League Pass regularly over the last let's say five seasons, I think eighty percent would say that they don't enjoy watching the Rockets play basketball, and I think I'd be one of them. And I think if you pulled that same sample with that starting lineup and that version of of the Rockets and asked. Would you rather watch James Harden cook and win more oh. often than not on a night-to-night basis, or uh, would you rather watch this version of the Rockets team? I think you would get eighty percent approval rating. Like I, uh, that, they would much rather watch this version. I mean, at the For very least, week. the unpredictability of it. And what if what if John Wall is ninety percent of what he was? He's not going. I don't think he's going. I. I don't think so either. I think I'm going to get neither sad do the Wizards and games. You think it's going to be? I think I'm just going to be sad, but um, I'm going to go down with the Boogie cousinship. Um, I'm tied to that man, and I love him, and I just want him to be happy. <laughs> and I'm yeah, glad if you, you, if you want to hear, if you want to listen to the details of that, just go find the old drunk recording of us talking about the best centers in the NBA. I you can get some more. You can dig that up. I will never get off my boogie, my boogie cousin's love. Um, he's just—he's great. He's—he's uh, he's had the worst luck of any player I can think of, beyond besides Derrick Rose, maybe in the last eight years of of ten years, last decade of the NBA. Worst luck I can think of beyond besides maybe Derrick Rose, of just. No fault of their Derek Rose, maybe some fault on his, but like just 
This is a very grind, pro. Man. This is a very pro Derrick Rose podcast, but I don't think we can absolve him of all. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not trying. But I'm saying just like not from me off the. Just like literally trying to play basketball and just like having the worst luck of things come up to prevent you from being good at basketball. Like not getting in your way, which getting into James Harden, maybe we talk. Yes. Now let now let let's let's talk. I'm about trying James. as hard as I can to transition this James Harden thing because I'm ready to go. I am tell, tell me t- tell me about this ultimatum first of all. What ultimatum? Well, supposedly yesterday he gave an ultimatum to the Houston Rockets franchise again. Trade me to a contender or build a championship contender here. Yeah. I <laughs> and then expanding his his uh, openness to being of teams to being traded to, which I think is where you were going. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for – I mean, I like that Milwaukee is now just the team that – Milwaukee's looking like we have three first-rounders or Drew and we could have had James Harden. Um, if you could do a Madden Rewind via trades, that might be one they would do. Because um, what's the likelihood that if that the offer that was made for Drew Holiday is made for Harden that the Rockets say yes? I don't think they, the Rockets probably would say yes to that. Um, and they'd ask for more. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, well, the pick wise, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what more the Bucks could really do from that standpoint. But uh, man, it is. But I just find it funny from all the the kind of Harden v Giannis shit talk or whatever. And now he threw him out there, which I don't take for granted. Like I don't actually think he'd really want to go to Milwaukee. Um, I am. Glad for James Harden's sake that he's not certifiably like bro. Like he at least has the consciousness to put Miami in there because really, based on they his could demands, actually make it happen. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about trying to actually like make something happen, where he was positioning himself before, like I just I don't see this Brooklyn thing happening. If it hasn't happened yet, I just don't see a way it actually happens. Well, supposedly the report that came out today was that the Nets or the Rockets have no interest in making a deal unless Durant or Irving are, are included. There Which, is no package of yeah. other guys that could that could make that work. Which I mean, as noted Kyrie, which another person we'll be talking about today, uh, <laughs> as, as noted Kyrie guy, um, I think it would be hilarious if the – Nets traded Kyrie for James Harden and can't really make an argument why you wouldn't do that in some situation. I, well, the, the it, Nets would be better it, with James Harden. The, I don't know. Under the, under the assumption that Katie is going to be fine with it. Yes. Yeah. Right. As long as, yeah, Katie gets the approval. But if you said to Katie, would, would you play with James Harden? Like if we had to give up Kyrie and he's like, yeah, go for it. I would do it. You're a better team depending on what else you have to give up around that, but theoretically shouldn't be a ton. If you can give up. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the, as long as you had is if maybe Kevin Durant's like, yeah, as long as Deandre stays, <laughs> like, oh but God. it would be pretty hilarious. Um, the Rockets, I don't think would necessarily be receiving a very excited party back um, in that sort of scenario, but no, I mean, to be, and we talked about this last episode, but 
Um, like Philly made the most sense to me as far as the team, like between the net, like Philly, the Ben Simmons piece. I I could sell myself. I was the rock. Uh, if I was the rock as on Ben Simmons, uh, as kind of talked about last week, but Miami's the only other team I could actually make an argument for as far as putting the package that the Rockets might be interested in. And for a good, for a good team, for yeah. a team that, that Harden would be happy to go to. Cause I was, I was trying to think of myself like a similar exercise that we did last week. Could Harden make it to the bulls? I was going through the same exercise. Yeah. Which I'd still know, make an offer over the bulls. Gerson, Gerson Rosas used to be in the Rockets organization. Yeah. The Timberwolves have a lot of young wing talent and D'Angelo Russell. It's not going to happen, but could you package D'Angelo Russell, a future first round pick, and then some combination of the yeah, young wings that they have on the Cat's, roster? Cat's not going to be cool with that. Cat's not going to be cool with it. And is Harden going to resign and be a Timberwolf for like five or six years? Nope. So that's not happening. The uh, only the only other team I could actually think of would be the Warriors, and I just I don't think Steph wants that. But you package next year's you package that Wolves pick, Clay, um, Wiggins. I think it would be some combination of Wiggins, I think you Wiggins, Draymond. Yeah, I well I think you try to get the, off the Clay deal if you're. Granted, there's a lot of reasons why the Warriors might, but... Oh, damn, we're going into this right now. I'm saying if you're in that position, but I just don't see the... But the Warriors would be the only other team I could... When I was going through of, like, kind of all the factors you need to equate to um, line up to get James Harden and, like, have it make sense, but... You know, if I'm the like, I'm still standing by my Bulls thing. If I'm the Bulls, I'm I'm try, I'm just trying. If anything, like you're selling it on the fact of I can bring in another star than with you, James, next year, and then like we're even better. But you can we'll be in the playoffs in the East. Like the the threshold to be successful in the East is a lot lower. As far as just like the from the standpoint of qualifying to be competitive. By being in the East, your barrier to entry is a lot less than the West, where oh, no question, yes. Like you could be the fourth seed and just have no shot at making a finals, whereas you could definitely be a fourth seed in the East and have a very good shot, depending on your matchups in the playoffs. Yeah, look at the Heat. Well, Heat. I mean, Heat's an except, but yes, you're. It's not off. The East. I now think the East is better than what we think it is, though. I agree with you. It is. I, I, every year we do, I, I swear to God, every year we, as basketball, twi- whatever you want, try to sell ourselves in the East. And it's not that it's bad because I watch more Eastern Conference basketball than I watch Western Conference basketball, just based on the nature of the basketball team I force myself to follow. Um, you, were, you were born in it. Yeah, molded by it. <laughs> Um, but having said like the East is not bad basketball, but when you look at the West in talent comparison is there's no rival where the Eastern conferences though, is there's just more parity 
as far as like those top four beyond the Bucks and like the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Sixers. What is really separating those guys other than in a playoff performance, their best star being the best star on the court and like winning? Um, I'm just, and- I, I guess what I'm getting at is I, I no longer think that the seven and eight seed, which the playoffs are now expanded. No, they're doo-doo. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think the Pacers are like complete shit and they're, I think I would never bet money on the Pacers making this, like this Pacers team making the finals. No, but that's not the argument that I'm making. I, I would never bet on the eighth seed in the West to make the finals. Ever. Not in the West. No, but the eighth seed in the West could be the fifth seed in the East and make it to the finals. Who do you think is going to be the eighth seed in the West this year? The Suns? Yeah, I mean that's a poor ex. That, yeah, I've I've now retracted because the Suns or the I was going to say the Pelicans. I mean, if the Pelicans were an Eastern Conference team, they'd be a top five team in the Eastern Conference. So okay, so which uh, those five top? But five I wouldn't teams. put them. I but I would put them in a tier below the Celtics, Laker or the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, and even Toronto. I mean. Right, but I'm trying. So I agree with you, but you're you're talking. But I'm saying if the Utah, if the Utah here. here's my here's where my if the Utah Jazz, who are at best the third best team in the West, could be at worst the seventh seed, depend just on record in the regular season. You put the Utah Jazz in the Eastern Conference, they are automatically a not a favorite, but they are in serious contention of making it out of the East. If you're the Nuggets, the Nuggets would be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference every year. You put um, the Trailblazers sweep through. Like there's those like the I guess it's the middle chunk of it. What I'm saying is like those teams are never at best they get to be have home court advantage for the first round in the Eastern Conference. They are a top three seed perennially. All of those like just from a talent perspective. But okay, I I hear you, but then talk. Tell me which team that they're beating out in the East. Who? If okay, so you just threw out the Jazz, the Trailblazers, yeah, the Nuggets. So the Nuggets, I'll give you because the Nuggets have been a top two seed in the West yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah, there was a uh, high. The Jazz. But, the Jazz but, are better than the Celtics in a play. I, I would take the Jazz in a playoffs matchup against the Celtics. I would oh, take them okay. against the Raptors. I think. Uh, I as a as a harsh, but I stand by it. A harsh jazz hater. I cannot agree with this. Ah, uh, the West. No, man. The like the Bucks would be the hardest team for the Jazz to beat in the West, just off of a straight one to one matchup. But well, sure. But number one team in the East. Okay. Yeah, but Sixers I, would give them problems because there's. I mean, Ben Simmons and I mean. Rudy Gobert could cancel Joel. I don't know who could stop Ben Simmons on the on the Jazz, and who could stop Donovan Mitchell on the Sixers. It would just be well, Ben two. Simmons. I think would guard Donovan Mitchell. Like I could. I think the Sixers. Yeah, that's who you throw. Anyway, we're going back down. Yeah, we're we're hole. spiraling. I do not necessarily not agree enough about James Harden. This, but yes, James Harden. Uh, it. I. I think 
I still think he's going to end up being traded to Philly. I don't think it's going to be before the start of the season. Honestly, if I were the Miami Heat, I would really think about it. Jimmy and James Harden together seems like there's a lot of Heat this. Twitter that is ups- and the Heat from some reports are like Tyler Hero's a non-starter to trade for James Harden, and I think that's ridiculous. This is coming from a person who the Bulls could have traded for Kobe Bryant, and it was like, well, Ben Gordon or Luol Deng, but not both, and sort of being like, well, I mean, I, and Kobe at the time was like, I want to play with Luol Deng if I'm going to Chicago. So that was sort of like, but people were like, I Ben Gordon seems like a lot to give up Kobe Bryant, and I was very confused by the situation. <laughs> Yeah, I still am. I still, I mean, now, <laughs> now especially, it's very confusing. But the time I was I, like, I really like Tyler Hero, like a lot. He's Tyler uh, Hero's an All Star, fine, but he's not James Harden. Yeah, he's he's not going to be an MVP. The, uh, I don't think. No, and, anything and, could happen. He's he is only one. He's one year in the league. Literally, he he could turn into a an absolute superstar if he's better than Devin Booker, though. Even if you project like that far, I don't know if Devin Booker's ever winning an MVP. Incredibly unlikely. And I think Devin Booker's underrated and a really, really good basketball player. Yeah. But I I if if it I don't know what else you'd have to include with the Tyler Hero, like that's a different that's a different debate. Yeah. But to say that there is no option for that trade that would include Tyler Hero is is ridiculous. I, it does not make any sense. Um, but you know, you package Duncan Robinson and no, you give them anything Boron that isn't named anything that isn't named Bam or Jimmy. You trade. I agree. The I issue, wholeheartedly the, agree. Make the issue happen. with the the Heat in and of itself is they just don't have the picks to, I think elevate it and like you'd really have to sell Tyler Hero as like a value pit a player to the Rockets but um which shouldn't be a hard sell right yeah. look at what he did in the finals uh I I'd I mean if I'm the Rockets I'm trying to get obviously more than just that but at the same time when I'm looking at it I guess the the one thing I wanted to really talk about with this is like do you think James Harden's getting traded before the end of the season. Cause last time I was like, I don't think he's going to get traded this year. I think he gets traded in the off season next year, but I thought he would remain on the Rockets. I, I still think that could be the case, but I, if, if between now and when games are actually played, I'm, it's a very sensitive period. I think once he's in the season, he is, I think he's got enough pride in just like who he is. He's going to play. He's going to want to get his numbers. He's going to be competitive. Like dude never misses games. I think you could trick James Harden, just get in the swing of things. Then like by year end um, at the same time, could you at least sell him on being competitive and like trying hard through the trade deadline and then try to, get a team desperate enough to, to go for it. Um, maybe. I, I think with so much – the issue that the Rockets really have with some of this, I think, is going to be 
the uncertainty the league has as far as what the makeup of kind of the flow of if it's because it, I don't think anyone is operating on the assumption that I mean the league hasn't even released the full schedule. It's like I don't think anyone thinks they're going to get clean through this seventy-two games without maybe there being a break in play at some point and what dynamic that shapes up. Plus, because of how close of a window we have of the season, I think there's going to be some teams that are going to be pretty lax a days ago for the first half. So, like, if the Rockets, in their mind, just get James Harden to buy in through the the trade deadline. Like, James, play, play as hard as you can, and we're a contender is going to want to trade for you and – you'll get where you need to go and everything will work out, but you need to show that like all that, but the Rockets could in that sense, like the Lakers, I think there's a lot of these teams that like are going to take the first half somewhat easy just to not put wear and tear on their guys from such a you know short window of when the season ended, the bubble ended and this season starts. And like, you know, the Rockets could be a team that because of extra rest and just whatever the change of pieces and, like we talked about with John Wall and Boogie, if they end up being even 75% of who they were. So your argument here is that they could end up being good. Like a fake good. Like, I don't think they're actually like a lot, some projections. Not a title contender, but, but a team that is going to finish. They could have the third best record in the West by yeah. 30, 30 games through, they could be the third seed. You know, and then it's like I other don't. teams catch up and then they drop, they kind of drop down. But like, I don't think this team is going to make the, the Rockets being a top four team in the West, I don't buy. And like them making the playoffs on, eh, on but I, I could buy that if you had fully committed 100% mm-hmm. ready to go, James Harden, but not one that's like, eh, right. it. I want to be traded, James Harden. Yeah. And one aside too. Okay, dude. Uh, build me a contender. You already have, okay, so they had to trade away. Well, they didn't have to, but I think it was smart to trade right away Robert Covington to recoup some first-round picks. Well, Broke Boy Tillman ain't ponying up money right now to get him a contender. No, you still owe a ton of money to Eric Gordon, which would be a very, very difficult contract to trade, given that he's 31 and is due you know, close to $60 million still. You have John Wall, which is officially going to be a Houston Rocket, at least until he uh, is in his last year of his contract. And then who knows? You could have some options. You have a very disgruntled P.J. Tucker, who is valued, but 35. And then you have a bunch of guys that you took a flyer on and DeMarcus Cousins and a few others. Christian Wood is the one value contract, which we talked about in our last podcast, which I thought was a nice signing for them. Um, So if you're, if your starting lineup is John Wall, James Harden, Daniel house, uh, Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. And then you have some stretch five options with PJ Tucker, or you could go small with Christian Wood at the five, um, and then they seem to pull shooters out of nowhere, wings out of nowhere that can make five to eight threes out of nowhere. Um, this team could be okay. They could be solid. Uh, man, dude, I, I'm curious, like, 
should they have just hung on to Chris Paul? If they could go back and do everything over again, is that what you would have done? Well, if they could go back, they would have made some more threes against the Warriors in game seven. I think they would have tried to replay that series, no doubt. You know, just that game. All you need to do is just make three more of their four or four more three pointers than they did in that game. 27 in a row is tough. Yeah. I mean, they just had to do literally something. Like if Paul yeah. Rudd was there, if Paul Rudd from Forgetting Sir Marshall was their coach, just get you, just, just get you something. You got to do more than that. You just can't do, can't do nothing. I guess what I was getting at in all this is that, okay, build me a contender. You have very few first round picks to deal. The ones that you do have to deal in the short term are the ones you receive from Portland which are likely going to be in the second. They're not going to be in the lobby. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one believes the Rockets are, can elevate and build a contender. Yes, like, you have no options here. There is there is nothing that you can no, do. They're done. You, it's done. You got to do. You got to tank now. Like that is those are your options. You got to tank. I don't think you have or, to, I mean, you well, you got to tank, or or you have to embrace mediocrity. Yeah, they they can retool on this. I I just. With what? Well, it depends what you get for James Harden. I mean, but like this, if this, yes, if if you trade, but if you trade James Harden, but you can't retool around James Harden. No, I don't think. No, no, no. Okay, I thought you were saying that they this retool is, no, around saying, James this, Harden. I'm like, no, I don't think this that's iteration, No, this iteration of the Rockets is done. You gotta find the right deal. There are no pressure to just trade him though. They if you get right an AD like Hall for James Harden, well, they they need to. If they get anything less, they've they've lost the trade. When you look at what yeah. Drew Holiday, AD, recent trades have gone for, if they get anything less than those packages for him, they've lost the trade and they've failed and like they've set themselves back. And they're like, then they're into basketball purgatory yeah. of irrelevance for five plus years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I, I guess the one thing I got excited about was that they threw out Miami and not to say like, but Miami should really consider it. I, I know they're, they're hard set on the Giannis thing, but the way you look at the East and everything around it, I don't, like. I could see you give me Jimmy Bam, James Harden, as long as James Harden's bought in to be in Miami, like I could see that team instantly being the favorite in the east and like oh i think so too by a lot like that team i would take that team over the bucks well bam bam and jimmy like name a third superstar that wouldn't fit with those two you know like those two car anthony towns <laughs> name any name any like the top 10 guys in the league any i mean any wing player you could put it with those two and yeah that's a very good yeah it's just bam they're both good facilitators. Yeah. I, I honestly believe well, that's, that Bam's going to be better this year than he was last. I mean, uh, he's so great. Yeah. What do you think about those gradient jerseys that they have for their city? Edition? I mean, you got to change it up every year and get pressure. <laughs> I mean, I the one criticism I have of the entire idea with like the city uniforms is just like from the fact that um, they have to change them every year, like. You, it would I mean, be nice to just go on hit, with a super fly ones. I wish the Timberwolves would have hung on. Hit. 
I wish the Timberwolves would have hung on to those Prince jerseys. Yeah. We didn't have to, we did not have to get rid of those. Those were cool. <laughs> like I like those. I think the city jerseys invites a way to get new jerseys in there, but then it's like, once you have a good one, keep the good one. Like don't retread it every year. Well, it just goes back. Like, cause, cause all, cause all it changes really for me is when you look at it that way is like, well, I didn't get a Miami heat Jimmy, like the, the original uh, Miami Vice jersey because he wasn't on the team. We bring that one back. Now I get the Jimmy Butler of that jersey and, like, cool. Yeah, I, I 100% am in, like, teams should have 20 to 30 different jersey options that you are cycling through during the year. Yeah. If you find a hit, keep it. If it sucks, let it go. Yeah. Um, anyway. Like, just crowdsource the crap out of that stuff. But, like, yeah, the Prince jersey should have stayed – the original shape like bulls when i say original the first iteration of the city jerseys the bulls did the best one they've done which one is that it was the uh like light blue with the red like it's just based off the chicago i like it yep perfect like nail it the first time like keep it going miami vice jerseys like granted the miami vice ones like you do the black white the white blue pink like yeah. you just obviously they just like basically swaddled through those those four colors and like those Which, combinations but it, those are it, great it's working yeah <laughs> yeah like they should bring back the miami lights one like the those lebron like there's a lot of good jerseys where it's like you you don't need to necessarily in, reinvent all this stuff like there's enough yeah you said if you had a por- if every nba team had a portfolio of 20 jerseys that were popular and you just kind of have your two main ones and you swap each year through the next two, like you're just going to have different players like always. And, and it's going to be guys are going to be like, Oh, I really wanted the Miami vice join way, you know, this version and whatever. Like we should pitch the new position of Jersey czar to Adam silver. And we can, yeah. we can spearhead that. Yeah. Let's talk about Kyrie a little bit. You talked about him <laughs> earlier. Um, but uh, so Kyrie, um, who what, just what, got fined twenty five k for not fulfilling his media duties? Yeah, so came out not surprised through a statement from his agent saying he's not going to talk to the media this year. Um, not Maybe. not a guy that you know. If you said, all right, who you know this no, happened? No one. Tell me, tell me which guy did it. And Kyrie, I think, would be most, yeah, most people's first guess at who would pull something like this. I Paul honestly, George would be second. Sure. Um, which, hey, shout out Paul George. Um, middle of my workday, saw uh, that he's going to be making forty-five million dollars a year, which really threw me off because then I was like, well, it'd be pretty nice to make forty-five million a year i wish i was making 45 million dollars a year yeah i too anyway. can i too can bank a wide open three off the side of the backboard for that cash hell yeah Don't i do, do i do it for free right now i could <laughs> want to pay me 45 million dollars dude i can do it same situation but uh I, I don't i don't know Kyrie, you want to do this that's great um he has done great. well <laughs> it's fine uh, it's, it's not within, fine. It He's within, got fine, but it is within your right to do it. Uh, I don't you, think it is. Well, he's gonna get fined. That's the consequence. But he yeah, has, he can do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't think that he should be able to do this without punishment. I, I think as the NBA, which this wasn't something that we planned on talking about, but I will bring up, I mean, th- this is a very important year to preserve the, what the NBA brings to the table, why it is such a popular league. Mm-hmm. It is at, it is the, I, Kyrie, I don't want to say at Jeopardy. I'm not testing for weed, man. Just I don't want to say it is at Jeopardy, but it's 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 also they had they lost some money last year. They are going into um, a another weird year that will not have fans, and so you got to have you got to be able to make a really good product night to night on yeah. television, and you need like a huge part of um, fans connection, the NBA is connection to its players. And I think most people that are, are Kyrie fans, like actually buy into what he's doing with this. Um, and I've, I'm, I, I, I love Kyrie. Um, he as a huge fan of his sneakers and just yeah, he's got one of as a person. Um, I really like him. He's done some really whack stuff with how he, forced trade to Boston verbally committed to Boston and backtracked on that. And yeah, not awesome. Uh, in my opinion, he's the most millennial of the millennial basketball players. And this was a very millennial move on his part. Yeah. Not to be the way things were done or like that sort of thing, but there is an idea of player empowerment versus professionalism that this displays and like a lack of awareness in terms of the reason Kyrie, you get to make the salary you make. And this isn't a fans pay your salary or like you get to pay, you get paid millions of dollars to be a, you know, play a game sort of deal. This is from the idea of like as an entertainment product and the responsibilities that come with that like doing media and stuff is a part of the deal. It sucks. You and I have stuff in our jobs. We don't like doing, but we got to do. Everyone's got that in some regard. And the ask from like what they're expecting, like they're not asking him to do like the, the bar of doing media and the availability behind it is not such a burden where it's like, Kyrie, we need you to like come out with like a five minute, you know, five minutes of stand up every night kind of thing. Like with your, just, you could literally just say the same answer. You could march on Lynch it if you wanted to. Um, there, there's nothing about it that is such a hard ass that him, by him refusing it is a smart, all it does is getting it fine, getting it pushed back. And I can understand from the standpoint of how he was perceived, you know, going in the bubble and stuff, but people just, he has done so much in the last couple of years for people to not take him seriously. And just, and this isn't just like from a fan perception, it's mainly within the league. Like guys don't really take him seriously in a lot of regards and doing stuff like this doesn't help that. And even more so it's just like, if you simply just went out there answered boilerplate every single time that doesn't take much like you're you're intelligent enough you're you've got the capability to just give a generic answer 
to every question. If you really don't want to invest in like your media availability, but you have to do it. The league expects it. It's part of your contract. Like that's just how the game, that's how it's played as an entertainment product. That is a part of it. And it's going to help the team you're playing for engage, whatever the fact is. So you have to check off those boxes, whether or not that does anything or not. Fine. The issue with him really comes from his inability to communicate his thoughts correctly and just has these quotes year after year that do get syndicated through NBA, Twitter, basketball, whatnot. And he gets put to the fire and like, that's upsetting, but it's not like he's misquoted. I can understand this from frustration from the standpoint of you take uh, two pair, two lines from a full answer and then that just is the story and it's not put in context, but you know, if, if you're frustrated by that, then just give the bland answer and then keep it moving. Like you fulfill your duty, whatever. And then, then that, that puts the ownership back on the media to be more responsible with how they're broadcasting and, and communicating out your quotes and everything you say they want you to give interesting quotes. They need to be more responsible for that piece. And the team needs to work with him to help him on that part and, and all in regard. But by just not doing it, you're only putting the spotlight and making yourself look worse and just not helping anyone by doing so. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares about those things. That sucks. Then I mean, it sucks just from the standpoint. Yeah, he's going to find find twenty five thousand. If it, if it's worth him like paying over a million dollars not to pay for like he should have just. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think that he values creativity. I think that he value. Yeah. I think he values freedom, and I don't think that he is willing to sacrifice any iota of, of those ideals to to go through some interview that he doesn't believe in. Yeah, it's going to cost right them. It, I mean, yeah, you can. I'm all for the idea of owning your message, going through it that way, and like you wanting to kind of capitalize on your voice, your platform, make sure like everything you're saying. And and I mean, LeBron's done that himself, like throughout his entire career, of like only really saying stuff through his own platforms, and maybe being a little bit more bland and. and not he's never been bland, but get my point. Saying. Just like you can pick your spots, but you still got to do it. You could give the same answer of just you know throughout your media stuff, and then only yeah. look at what Russ has done. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, Russ is Russ is a great example of someone who's got a but like Russell did it, and like even as height of power in Oklahoma City, like he still showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a bold strategy by Kyrie, and I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'm just not sure how he played it out. And especially now with like COVID, it's like, dude, you have to sit in front of a computer for 15 minutes and just answer questions. You only have to like the, the awkwardness of the human interaction of like, I have to look at the person who asked me the question and like BS it. You can just literally stare at your the camera and just answer the same way after the person on the other end is talking. Like there's just like a disconnect there that you could even apply. That doesn't make it that hard. 
Let's transition and talk about some of the extensions that rolled out this this last week, too. We yeah. talked about – I don't know how much we want to hit on Paul George today. I want to talk about it a little bit, but – Well, five years, $226 million. Said he wanted to be Clipper for life. Said <laughs> later today that he now owes the Clippers and their fans a title. He, um, yeah, he does. He – They gave up – everything to get this guy and in, in Kawhi. Yeah. Now, they better resign Kawhi too because if it's just well, if, if it's just Paul George over there, I'm not sure how good this team is. No, you're I mean, but I think they did the, the smart play by getting Paul George committed to then begin talking to Kawhi and get Kawhi extended. Um like a game of chicken, though. I mean, they're still not in like the best winning position because if Kawhi decides, oh, I was really wrong about playing with Paul George, like, see you guys, he could do that. Um, but I think at least by like, you don't want to be having to battle both ends of it, I guess, of trying to like be like, well, Paul, Kawhi's gonna, we're gonna get Kawhi back. And like having both of those guys uncertain about the other guy's level of commitment is really difficult for the Clippers to manage. And I don't think there's like a safe way to do so without, yeah, this thing being wrapped up last year. What is wild though, is that, and like, I can definitely see from Kawhi's standpoint, not committing until like he has the benefit of waiting to see everything that's going to be there before he commits versus Paul George. But just from the context of, and I get it from like a Clipper fan side, the, 12 of them that exist um you know <laughs> the idea of a guy getting extended coming off of the most recent performance he had being abysmal like being rewarded for being below your expectations everyone in in like their line of work or whatever like no one necessarily benefits from underperforming in a certain standpoint with the idea that oh now we're going to extend you to open up the window that allow you to perform to those expectations later. Like you, you almost want to have some sort of, of that awkward, you know, you're only as good as your last performance type of thing and like have Paul George earn this extension. But for the Clippers, they were already all in. So like they have to do this in, in one way or another, they don't have, other options they put their chips in the table and they have to double down commit to paul george that you have committing and holding on to Kawhi and extending this window beyond just this year although despite what paul george may say or anyone this is a championship or bust year for them so yeah, i i totally agree and it's going to be a difficult man you so now you're going to be 100 cap strap between marcus morris Paul George and Kawhi for the foreseeable future. That's, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Marcus Morris aspect of it. Look, I could sit here and I could shit on his playoff performance last year, playoff P, his performance in previous years. Um, The good news is, (laughs) the good news is, Paul George was top three in MVP one year ago with OKC. He was, he was 
incredible with OKC. Yeah. Like objectively, and I'm I'm not the biggest Paul George fan. He was objectively great in the in the 2018-2019 season. Uh, if you can get that, him and Paul George or him and Kawhi Leonard would be um, the second, probably the second best tandem in the league, or at least up there. You could make the argument that they would be deserving of being in that spot. Yeah. So blocking him up after giving up what you did is an absolute no brainer. Yeah. So good for him. Good for the clips. Send, you know, it'd be nice if, if I could make that. And if, if the insurance industry was um, yeah. paying mid-level employees to that degree, but Hey, here we are. Here we are, man. That's, Specialized uh, skills pay off. The, the Lakers locked up LeBron for a couple more years and they signed AD to the extension that we were waiting for. Um, so they, they've got... All is good on that side of LA. Yes, that all is good. Center. Really excited. I mean, it is going to be, you know, I don't have a lot of context to add to this one other than they're going to be in the title conversation for the next three years at least. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ultimately don't know. Next season is going to be a little weird with them because I agree with you. Wouldn't surprise to, to to it would not be a surprise to me to see the Lakers finish around the four or five seed in the West. Um, this year, I, I, it wouldn't only because yeah. I I think that AD and LeBron are going to get a lot, a lot, a lot of rest, and I think that team is so good that if one of those guys is playing, they're still going to win a lot of games. Uh, but I, I still feel like they finished top three in the West, even just be, yeah, based on the nature of everything. I think they'll be smart with it, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm not saying that I think that they're going to. I'm just saying. They could, though. I, I don't know how many games LeBron and AD are going to ultimately play. I'm assuming they're both going to play around 60 games as opposed to yeah. full 72. Oh, so if, if they both play around 60 games, are they going to win? three out of every four of those. Yeah, probably ish. And then they're probably going to finish as the three seed. If they play fewer games, if AD battles some injuries, which he has in the past, who knows? They could, they could end up being close to the middle of the pack. I don't think it really matters. Um, And I think home field advantage, home court advantage is going to mean less next year, just like it did this year in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, So is it, so it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, let the let the Nuggets be let the Nuggets be the one seed or the Clippers be it and go on and yeah, well, they'll get it done. I mean, look at like how LeBron with the last couple of years of the Cavs and stuff. I mean, you could make the argument that take a similar approach this year just from like a load management perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I still think they'll finish top three just because of those guys, and I think. Like built regular season wise, their structure in a way with the additions they made, like they can, they're going to win a lot of regular season games with LeBron or just like with a, like if they just have one of those two guys playing every night and like they kind of trade off taking nights off kind of thing too, they'll, they'll be fine. Well, we'll, um, we're not far out, man. No. Um, Couple weeks away. We got young. preseason basketball coming up. Yes, our boy Trey Young got a shoe deal with Adidas. 
to to end this bad boy. Yeah, just celebrate uh, good boy Trey Young. Sort of surprised, but good for Adidas. That's a smart dude, I think, to um, make one of your signature signature guys just super popular. And I mean, if they're, I guess, when I was thinking, like at first, I was kind of like, wow, I'm kind of surprised they gave Trey Young. But I was also afterwards, like later today, I was thinking about it more. I was like, well, I mean, as they put on my Donovan Mitchell shoes, I was like, well, Donovan Mitchell has a signature shoe with, with Adidas, so. Yeah, that I, well, I know I would, it is less. Do I, you think more guys are going to get signature shoes like as we go forward? Like that is just going to be more diluted of a. a I really don't want that to happen. But um, do you? Th- but yes, there are more brands that are competing in that space. So yes, yeah. like Carl Anthony Towns was wearing New Balances this week. Yeah, I feel like if you're a top thirty player in the league, uh, not right, but I'm saying. At a certain point, there will be a, a, a point where the top 30 guys are basically like if you make an all if you're a perennial all-star, you will have a signature shoe at, at like five years from now. It will just be every all every guy that is consistently making the all-star team will have their own signature shoe. No question about it. I think so. I mean, now that we've expanded to some companies based in China, I'm blanking on the one that D'Angelo Russell and Wade were sponsored by. Uh, Same with uh, Lee. Lee uh, yeah. But same with Clay. So, I mean, we can count. I mean, even right now, we can name 20. I mean, there are a ton that already have shoe deals. Um, I don't disagree that, like, Trey Young getting one for Adidas is very smart. He is more accomplished two years in the league than Steph Curry was. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Steph Curry. I'm just saying he's more accomplished as of right now. He's putting out, he put up insane numbers last year. He was great last year. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Very cool. I'm excited to see what they look like. I saw a hardened shoe that is not coming out to January, but I saw it today, it which I actually today. thought it's, I, I like yeah. it. It's cool. Like it's my I, favorite I, of the hardened shoes. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, you got, you got, the freaks round two, you got those. Um, we yeah. both have the first ones, which I think they're awesome. I love, I, yeah, they're super comfortable. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's gonna be like 50 guys that have their own shoe. I mean, Jimmy is well, Jimmy Butler just is he he, he signed, is he getting his a, a signature shoe though? I don't know because that's like the kind of guy I guess something like Jimmy Butler wise, like I think. Five years from now, the Jimmy Butler equivalent is going to have a signature shoe. I mean, Luca is going to have his own Jordan shoe, no doubt. Same with Zion. I want some Lucas. <laughs> I mean, him, Zion, and him are both going to have their own shoe. I bet. Leaning, the- leaning is the Dwayne Way brand, but Anta, I think, is the Clay Thompson one. Yeah, but those are those are those two. But then Puma, Converse. Under Armour is a huge player. And then you got the two big dogs in Adidas and Nike that are just had that are growing in the number of players that they're representing. And then New Balance is kind of a niche thing too with Kawhi and I don't know, maybe Carnality Towns. We'll see what comes out of that. Yeah. But, um, and do you know what? You and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Fancy basketball is back. Uh, and which, if you're listening to this, I would hope that you're playing already, but. Low key fancy basketball is 
just as, if not more fun than fantasy football, highly suggest everyone gives that a shot. Uh, just make sure you don't do categories. It's my number one thing. Don't play categories. Yeah, I get, I get the point system. But fantasy basketball is great. We got that to got some drafts coming up for that. And anyone that's playing probably has that coming up too. Um, so it's all exciting, man. We got basketball right around the corner. I've watched my first NCAA basketball game in like two years last oh, uh, night, two so nights ago. All, all it took was um, the Hawks to be a top five ranked team for me to get back into things. So that's exciting. Um, but I'm sure we'll have some preseason basketball to talk about a week from now. I think next episode also we have to do our top five league pass teams. Ooh, that's a good idea. Maybe some bet previews from our conversations later this weekend. We'll have some top bets to consider, some prop bets to talk about. Yes, it's going to be here. We, we should do – I think we got to – We gotta. I mean, two weeks till the season next, and we're going to want to talk about – opening night games uh two weeks from now so i think next next week is you know what's funny preview <laughs> i like for no i haven't forgotten but like my mind's in so much focus on like the christmas games i like the those first yeah obviously like the bulls I'll, I'll watch that first one and stuff like that but like like opening nights i just wish they would have just like had the first games of the season be on christmas it seems weird to do like a second <laughs> like have an opening night and then like the big one is like right after that it's sort of like the min i guess in some ways it's like the midnight showing is the 22nd and then the weekend box office is christmas day game my guess is that they did that because exactly like you said from a viewer's perspective it seems weird but it's it regional also, yeah it's all the it, re- it results in two days dominated by basketball you got opening night and you have no that whole week will i mean the the benefit they'll have too is like they the games like that entire week 22nd through is gonna be just a ton of basketball but like sign me up baby i'm not upset i'm like i'm not upset that i get more nba basketball this quick but it is just like it feels so weird if literally like this is the feeling i feel most equated to of like I feel like I played a 2K season and it happened in real life. I'm just like the, the short turnaround of like the bubble to where we are right now. Yeah. We ran through, ran through. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm ready to start a new season. Oh, I, I hear you. Fictions dude. become I'm, reality, everyone. It's been weird, but yeah, season preview one week from now, man. I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Everyone be good. It's the thrill of one more kill, the last one to fall. We'll never sacrifice their will. Don't ever look back on the world closing in. Be on the attack with your wings on the wind. All the things will begin. And it's sweet. Sweet victory